0: Welcome to MindShift, where we explore how mindsets can help you live a life of passion and purpose. On this show, we'll explore how our thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs shape our outlook on life and influence our decisions. We'll talk to experts from various fields and hear from individuals who have transformed their lives by adopting new mindsets. Whether you're feeling stuck, searching for life's purpose, or simply curious about the power of the mind and how it's changing the future, This podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Hello and welcome to MindShift. This is another... Sorry guys, I'm a little off tonight. And the reason why is because I'm coming back from a hiatus. I've been sick, I've been working, I've been adjusting... So I apologize for actually not having a Fantastic Future Fridays this last week and uh, and really just get a little bit behind on the schedule here. And it's mostly just because I'm recovering from being sick and adjusting my new schedule. So I uh, I appreciate you guys hanging in there and uh, and listening to the episodes that, uh, that are coming out. And I'm excited to get back on schedule with Fantastic Future Fridays. So this one will be released tomorrow and, uh, and on Spotify and everywhere. But uh, if you're listening here Thursday night... Thank you for listening and thank you for tuning in and thank you for being here. Um, tonight is going to be a super fun episode. We're talking about why being radically open-minded is paramount in an ever-changing future. And this really comes from the book Principles, actually, by Ray Dalio. I've, I've talked about it a lot, but it's because the future is changing so quickly that we cannot deal with the future how we did with the past. Like, if we do, we'll get completely left behind. And it's a little scary. It's a little daunting to think about. But when we actually embrace this and understand it, it's beautiful. And the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years are going to look so completely different than we've ever seen, we've ever known. Like, we live in a really exciting time, a really different time. But You know, what they're saying is, is the next 10 years is going to look so completely different than anything we've ever seen. Because in the next 10 years, we'll have made the advancements that we've made in the last 100 years. I want you to think about that. The last 100 years, we're talking cell phones, we're talking smartphones from those like giant, huge box phones from the 80s, early 90s to the smartphones we have now to to this guy, you know, like, I don't know if my my camera's not picking it up. but There we go. It, (laughs) uh, you know, like those were invented, but you go even like further back than that. Think about everything that's happened with the automobile. From the electric vehicles, from electric supercars, cars are going like well over 200, you know, like over 300 miles an hour that either are all or part electric. That's nuts. Like thinking about all the advancements over the last hundred years, from the tiniest little ones to the giant leaps, and we're gonna have that in 10 years? Like, guys. That is absolutely insane to think about, but it's, it's true. And we're in the very start of that. Like what that means is right now, you can get online and try to look up every single discovery we've made every single day, and you will not be able to find them all. That's how many discoveries we are making every single day. So being radically open-minded about this ever-changing future is completely paramount if you want to (laughs) understand how to really embrace it really thrive as this future is coming as as we're in the middle of it as we're in the middle of this transition it's really actually an amazing and exciting time to to be alive and to be a part of
1: absolutely i um I think it's one of the coolest aspects of being alive right now is the fact that we're not only just seeing the technology from sci-fi of the seventies, we're starting to see this technology of sci-fi movies and media that we grew up on in the nineties and two thousands coming to life. And the fact that it's just so fast, the fact that literally in less than five years, everything about the way we live or do work or something can change. Um, I don't even really think we're ready for it. And I think that's why it's so important to be radically open-minded because everything that's built can be used for good or bad. And you have to just understand that there's something about it that is going to advance or make, make stuff better. And a lot of people turn away. We, we have, homes (laughs) homes <laughs> of people who fought against advancements throughout human history. And now we don't really have it as badly anymore, but we are entering an era where we're just, everything's just going to be changing so quickly. And if you don't keep up, you're going to get left behind because there is not one case in history where something was like changed and it went away. Even the car Most people are like, it's a fad, it'll wear out. It didn't. Horses wore out. (laughs) You know, the thing is,
0: is like, it also, it it just doesn't matter, right? Like if, if you don't embrace it, you know, like I forget who is actually quoted by saying it, but like in the next 10 years, there's going to be two businesses, the ones that actually adopted AI, accepted AI, chat GPT, you know, all that stuff. And the ones that went out of business. That's it. How do we leverage the technology to be able to thrive? That's the question. And if you don't, it doesn't matter. You know why? Because you just won't be around, <laughs> you know, you will be like swallowed up trying to figure out where it all went wrong, but that's, you know, that's what we're happening. like the AI and really what we're seeing with AI, what we came up with, with chat GPT, with this, um, autonomous AI that is a part of us now is as big as or bigger than the internet itself, which is one of the greatest discoveries of the last 100 years, right? Like, it is absolutely something that is integrated that like, you'll either have it, you know, in your pocket, or wherever, that's how influential, you know, AI is. And really, If we don't understand and start studying this, like I guarantee you, the people that you are afraid of are, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's what's scary about it. Like, it doesn't matter if, like, we can't, like, you know, we don't want it to be used for evil. Cool. But you not wanting it to be used for evil does not mean someone's not studying and figuring out how to use it for evil. So if you don't know how to use it for good, then like what's left. And if you don't know how to prevent, you know, those checks and balances, the people that, you know, are nefarious and want to, you know, create chaos. Well, then we're going to have this out of balance system. And that's, that's really what we're talking about here. So
1: a great example of that is I think I told you earlier is the um, chat GPT was used to make a, a super evolving malware that's in, undetectable by modern day uh, antiviral and anti-malware software. And if we turn a blind eye to AI and refuse to use it, these viruses are just going to proliferate and destroy everything. So what's the answer? It's using AI to make new antiviral and anti-malware that can detect these super evolving. And it's it's a very simple concept of this is out there. Someone's going to use it nefariously. And if we don't use it to stop them, then yeah, you're gonna be left behind or worse. Well, so we're
0: you know also just talking about the like natural cycle of everything, right? I was reading this article actually on this. Um, I don't know, maybe a week ago. It was a really fun article, but it was talking about um, one of the you know these two guys. Uh, one of the guys was uh, one of the main creators of the original viruses and how like they were getting like worse and worse and worse. And then there was the, one of the main creators of the antiviruses that were like literally these two like enemies, essentially. And they, <laughs> they loved each other. And the reason why is because they were both the best and without each other, they wouldn't exist. You know, it was like literally the guy that ended up creating the viruses and being really, really good at what he did was inspired by the article that the antivirus guy wrote. and he was just like, oh, let's see what I can create. And it created this whole industry, but without the people creating the viruses, then we wouldn't like have the protection of the antiviruses. We wouldn't have the system mm-hmm. the balance. So like I absolutely think even creating stuff like that is is really beautiful in a way because it's like let's see <laughs> what's possible on both ways so we can get better you know better systems here.
1: Yeah, it's paramount. Like that, that, that malware that they created—that wasn't done by anybody nefarious. That was done by scientists and, mm-hmm. and and coders to see what they could create. And because if we don't know what can be created, we don't have an antidote. <laughs> we don't have a cure for it. And that, so that's it's 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 kind of like a reverse engineering: create the problem first, and then figure out how to solve the problem.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's uh, you know when we when we understand the meaning of what's going on around us like i've heard both uh, you know debates we even discussed it on previous episodes of autonomous cars and how this is being implemented it is a part mm-hmm. of what is happening right now now mm-hmm. when we understand this then we can embrace it we can be a part of the solution we can be part of you know everything that's going on now I think there's this narrative going on that drives me nuts because I don't understand it, which is if we have autonomous cars, then we can't have our normal cars. And I'm like, says who, you know, I love, (laughs) I love riding motorcycles. Like, you know, the moment someone says like, Hey, you can't drive your own vehicle is the moment that we start like having some really bigger problems here. Like, you know, that Mm -hmm. would create a lot of shit. Um, And you know i will never ride an autonomous motorcycle that sounds fucking horrible why would i do that you know like like seriously that sounds terrible but what i will do is ride my motorcycle whenever i want you know and like that's that's a part of it but if i'm like in the city or if i have to go on a long trip and i really don't want to pay attention i really don't want to you know i'm yeah i'll absolutely be in an autonomous car and The autonomous vehicles, I think, are just absolutely an amazing solution. Like I truly do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, eventually does it mean that we may not drive? I don't know. If we have a future generation that doesn't ever need to learn the skill of driving, you know, then maybe maybe it's going to be a specialized skill after that of, of something that's like extra that you can learn but it's not required anymore because most things aren't that way and maybe it'll only be off-road vehicles in the future that you you can drive you know by yourself and uh and that's you know that's fine too I'm okay for whatever that looks like that's why like being radically open-minded even if it can be uncomfortable and not like ideal for some of the stuff that I like like I love driving like I really truly love driving but if it means less accidents less people killed less you know crazy like tragic things happening as a result of you know teenagers with raging hormones to just like road rage and just you know the whole spectrum of being or getting
1: drunk underage and driving home with the parents car because they don't want to get in trouble this goes on and on and on like (laughs) my my favorite is find
0: a like two to three ton death machine right now if that death machine can drive itself safely and better than like any of
1: us
0: (laughs) let's just let it do it because i'd much rather have that than.
1: i'd much rather play video games or read a book or something while driving (laughs) like like i like driving but i rather save my love for it to do something fun you know going off-roading a motorcycle they did make a an a a motorcycle that's ai driven and it's self-balancing i guess so it never falls over i thought that was kind of cool but yeah i have no desire to get on that thing like what's the point Uh, you're just gonna sit there uncomfortably in the wind (laughs) you know but um Uh, One of my favorite aspects of autonomous cars is one of the biggest side effects and kind of like a downside effect while also being good, which is weird, is I can't remember the statistics, so I'm not going to say it, but a high percentage of almost all uh, organ transplants are from car accidents. Mm -hmm. And you can be like, oh, AI... And autonomous cars that are so safe, they're going to completely destroy anybody's ability to get organs that are needed, heart transplants, kidney, liver, whatever. That's going to really mess things up. But instead, what it's doing is it's pushing the industry for 3D printed and figuring out how to do this. And honestly, it's better because when you get... An an organ from something else. You have to take anti-rejection medicines for the rest of your life. But if we can perfect three D printing, those those organs, those organs are going to be made from your own cells. There's no anti-rejection. That you're just the bad ones cut out and a new ones put in. Totally. What's
0: even cool about that? Like, let's talk about that for a second right now because it's uh, it's such a beautiful thing that's happening and it's happening right now as well. Like, this is why being radically open-minded. Yes organ transplant is going to go down uh, and, and it should, you know, like less people dying. I think ultimately is a good thing. Um, We're we're going to have some other problems to solve besides people dying. But um, the beautiful thing about what's happening is, is we are 3d printing organs right now. Like we are 3d printing hearts. We are 3d printing lungs. We are 3d printing (laughs) some of the most complex organs known to man. And that is like, Literally what we're doing right now, figuring out how to even create the charge that creates the beat to keep it pumping and like, like everything from human cells. And and we're learning how to do this right now. And it means that the future is, is going to be completely different. Like if I need a replacement, almost anything in the future, we'll be able to get that printed for us you know, and even, you know, pigs where they're able to get these hybrid pigs that they have, you know, essentially no toxins in them. So they're no longer uh, rejected or, you know, different things that can happen because they have different diseases that humans don't. Um, So they, they create these pigs that are much, much healthier, more human-like, and we're able to actually harvest a bunch of their organs. And because of the type of pigs these are, they're not getting rejected right and so we're we're figuring out there's a much much better easier way to have human organs on demand which is just it's crazy that's cool you know yeah
1: and it's a great reason for being open-minded because if if those people weren't open-minded Everyone would just be sitting there going, no AI cars, let people die in car accidents so we can continue to save other people's lives, which sounds horrible. And nobody would really say that. But at the end of the day, if they're, if we're not working on a solution for something that's coming, then we're going to be caught with our pants down. And it's that open-mindedness that allows us to continue to advance. And you're going to get left behind if you're not open-minded to new things. So
0: what is some ways that they can embrace it then? But like you keep mentioning getting left behind, what are some ways maybe you're embracing or you're thinking about embracing all of this? And and what are some ways people can start embracing it then?
1: I think it, it, det- it depends on what we're talking about, honestly, but there's certain aspects to society that I don't think some people will ever embrace. But the, the way to embrace something is to just look at the positives. From it with AI with anything like that, um, I'll I'll talk about something that's very controversial. Is AI is being put into sex robots, and there's going to be a whole sex industry based on sex robots. It's not going to be loved, but at the end of the day, we already know that the side effects of sex robots and companionship that way is going to alleviate depression. It's going to alleviate loneliness as well as have a precipitous drop in stds so how specifically like, are you uh embracing ai how am i embracing AI? i study chat gpt i play with it i read articles on what's changing how to learn it um what i want to get out of ai what i'm excited about for ai is having like an avatar a lot of people have talked about how you're going to be able to basically like clone yourself Um, especially with like the brain scans and everything that Elon Musk is doing. And you'll be able to create an AI of yourself or have an AI that's completely different, Uh, you know, with all these headsets and AR goggles coming out. Eventually my regular reading glasses are going to have the technology to be an AR. So if I have a avatar always in the room that's available to me, I can, hey, I need this done. And she goes, or he goes, or it goes and does it. And it helps me throughout. If we're talking about the advancement of robots with AI, then you have, a, 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 basically everyone has access to getting a servant in the house that can help with chores and stuff. So that's my way of embracing AI. All the negative stuff that's coming from it, it sucks. <laughs> and I don't think it's going to be the destruction of the planet, honestly. I I don't have that kind of dire negativity towards it. I just think it's more of a destruction of what life is like right now. We have maybe 10 years, maybe less, and AI is going to so drastically change. It's going to be the difference between the iPhone uh, in 2007 uh, and cell phones before it. Like everything changed. All of work the cell phone was a way to communicate and the way to talk for business. That was it. But now you do all of your work on a cell phone. You can take photos, you can write, you can dictate, you have your calendar, everything's in the cell phone. Well, and, and really i think about all of it change. too
0: is like, and, and what you're saying and, and the essence of what you're saying, being radically open-minded is with the convergence of AI we can get at what's true. So, the whole essence of being radically open minded is what is true, right? Mm-hmm. And when we understand, if we're trying to figure out whatever decision, whatever way we want to go, and we understand what's true, then we have a better guidance of getting there. And all AI is, is a better guidance of being able to get there. Like, that's really oh, what yeah. we're talking about in exponential steps like exponential businesses. So when we talk about exponential steps, it is essentially small steps done consistently, but when we understand the exponential growth of it, every two years it doubles, this is Moore's law, then 30 exponential steps is ginormous. Mm-hmm. Like it is a huge number. And if if we, so... Let's talk about exponential for a second, guys. Let's let's you know <laughs> uh, the audience is listening. Um, just check this out because I thought this was fascinating. When they did this study and they asked the audience, like if I asked Richard, although I know what Richard would say now, especially since we're prepped and uh, and and <laughs> all of it, but with the audience, they asked, "Would you rather have?" A dollar a day, for thirty days, or and, and like that's guaranteed, right? You just have that that dollar for thirty days. Or would you rather have um, a cent a day that doubles every single day? Mm-hmm. So a dollar a day for thirty days, or a cent a day, but every day it doubles, right? Now, most people, and before I actually understood exponential, I would have said the same thing, right? Before I prepped you, before, you know, we, you know, maybe obtain some of the knowledge that we know now, you would also likely say, oh, at least I'll have $30 in 30 days, I'm going to do that, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason why (laughs) is because it's predictable. Humans are wired for predictability. We do not understand exponential. However, if we were to choose the one cent doubled every single day for 30 days, you know, one cent, two cent, four cents, eight cents, then by the end of that 30 days, we'd be millionaires. That is the power of exponential growth. Like we do not truly understand what that means, but when we understand that with the changing industries, like, your business has to be an exponential business. Like it has to, you have to be on top of your game. And there's ways that you can go and utilize ChatGPT right now. You know, there's there's people you can go and, and really learn from the most incredible people. I was just a part of a um, class, masterclass thing with uh, Peter Diamandis. And it's talking about, you know, exponential businesses. And if you're a business that's wondering, how can I even take this further, like you're a successful business or you're part of a successful business, then you can become part of Abundance 360, which is Peter Diamandis' essentially um, (laughs) growth uh, coaching program for exponential businesses. To really figure out uh, how to how to take advantage and become a, a leader, a game changer in your industry, and uh, and I think that's exciting. You know, eventually that's what I'm going to be doing too. Like Abundance 360 is a, is a part of my future, but um, it's just fascinating. It's just so fascinating when we understand exponential growth and and Moore's law and what really that means and how that's changed everything.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I remember reading in 2015 about that, and it said someone born in 1925, my grandma was 1927, so pretty close. But 25 to 15, every single advancement in their life, there would be more advancements from 2015 to 2020 in that five-year gap than their whole entire life. So it was like 90 years, <laughs> 90 years of watching the world change. And the next five years would be more advanced, more advancements than the 90 years. And that's, that's what's crazy to me is our generations of, and then Gen Z and whoever else is coming, like they're going to be living in a time of human history where advancement no longer takes a lifetime or even a decade. It's going to be one to two years and things will be different. One of my favorite aspects of where, where things are going is like right now we're dealing with all the supply chain issues. And one of the answers to that is 3d printing and AI. If we can have warehouses making all of our products and we don't have to worry about human rights or anything like that, like we have. And, <laughs> and even,
0: you know, talking about the supply, supply chain issue, this is what's really, really cool. And like, again, I really don't care where you're at on the issue simply because like, it's, it doesn't matter. You know, mm. but, um, and I don't mean you personally, Richard, I'm just talking about people in general yeah. because it's just so fascinating to me. But, uh, farming, you know, farming is a huge issue, you know, and, uh, running out of space, uh, contributing to global warming, you know, you know, you name it, whatever. There's all kinds of issues. But, um, meat in, in, in particular, we are literally taking cells from meat and we are growing it. It's like we are essentially printing meat and not like meat like not you know meat cells mixed with black beans you know (laughs) it's nothing it's it's actual meat from the cells of the animal meaning that we can actually do a lot more with a lot less and that means especially when it comes to cows and and farting issues you know (laughs) and how it's contributing to everything that's happening well we can make that a mute point and we're actually in the process of doing that so you know it really is we live in a world of abundance and right now we like Moore's law is so fascinating. And the point we're at on this, like, you know, the 2015 to 2020, there's more advancement than the last 90 years at that point in time, right now we're, you know, 2020 to 2030. And we're right in 2023. Right now, what that means is you can get online. And you can try and find every single new discovery happening every single day, and you will not be able to find it. That's how many new discoveries are happening right now. Like, that is crazy. Like, more discoveries, more advancements, more technologies, more things that we just never even knew was possible than the last hundred years. And when we understand that, we compound that, that means every single day, there's hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of discoveries. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just reading how AI is being used to identify exoplanets that we would never have found. It's just like, (laughs) there's so many cool things being discovered. And one of the things I'm excited for is when we start just basically having AI robots, because right now we know more about space than the ocean. But imagine just filling the ocean with a bunch of like... AI robots that are oh, meant totally. to clean, but also scan. Like we'll know everything about the ocean within 20 years. And I think if that's a ridiculous equation ourselves.
0: too. I'm just like, we know more about space in the ocean. <laughs> this never-ending mass of stuff we know more about than our own ocean <laughs> like give me a break now i'm not saying we know a lot about our ocean i don't but i'm just saying it's like this incomparable thing you know like
1: <laughs> i i, I, but, I feel uh, like what they mean is really... just if you put them side by side you have more information about the universe than you do the deep sea because it's much easier to take a telescope and look at space and spectrometers and all these gadgets to know how certain things work in space but to look at the bottom of the sea you got to go down there nothing really goes through 2000 meters of freaking salt water totally so yeah. that I- yeah. but
0: i also think especially with today's technology and all the new information even with the ocean that we're making like every single day that i still think that like like okay i don't think this equation <laughs> a is like true anymore but b like it's really not quantifiable from like all the different discoveries <laughs> of like from like the tiniest bacterium to like the hottest places in water where bacteria lives and like whoa what the fuck's happening there oh there's more than one species oh that's crazy you know like (laughs) like every single discovery from water and you know all the living stuff all the crazy stuff all the you know stuff living under the antarctic ocean like how do we quantify it compared to all the discoveries in space yeah well, I you get know, it. like, I'm just like, I really don't, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's just, it is fascinating to really, uh, think about. And it's like, we need to explore both, right? Like water is, we learned so much about surviving in extreme environments by studying both, but going back to what you said a second ago, which is, uh, I, I think that one of the coolest things, did you see the, uh, the, or, or hear the podcast talking about, how every single star you see in the sky has an exoplanet like around it
1: <laughs> i I've, I've i've read that before i didn't see the podcast but yeah every every star is a solar system i was like t- uh listening to
0: a podcast with this uh, astrophysicist that was just talking about um what they're discovering about exoplanets and like literally guys go out and look at a star and there's a planet around that star like the sun and the earth, like every single star you see, there's an exoplanet around that star. And that is so cool. Like thinking of how many freaking stars there are, like, I mean, how many galaxies there are in the universe and how Mm -hmm. many stars there are. like, that's unfathomable. That's like unlimited planets all around. Like that's nuts. Talk
1: talk about being open-minded with that. Like without open-mindedness, you know, for the last you could say since it's 1923, almost 100 years, you know, since Einstein's relativity, we've known that you cannot travel faster than the speed of light. However, you do, we do know that space can move faster than the speed of light. And so all these warp drives and engines that these scientists, they're literally trying to design something that breaks the laws of physics. And without open mindedness, nobody would even try. We're
0: well, like, really we like... so
1: close. And that's the AP thing, right? it's like we
0: don't necessarily species. even have to travel faster than than light. We can just figure out how to bend space itself, which is, <laughs> yeah. you know, when I read that, it it you know literally short circuited my brain for a moment. I had to like put the like <laughs> book or whatever I was reading down. I was like, what the
1: hell? How? I was actually introduced to this, and it's like writing, essentially,
0: like <laughs> essentially writing. The fabric of the black stuff that is space itself through space faster than light now guys it doesn't get more science fiction than that but essentially what they're saying too is like think about star wars and they put you know warp speed warp drive on they they go and all of a sudden all the stars goes blurring past them right Mm -hmm. well what they're essentially saying the theory of this is uh, and this was actually Einstein that said this is that when that's actually happening essentially you can think of this as like the fabric of space becoming a wave and that wave is pushing the vehicle faster through the cosmos than light itself which is why the stars start blurring by like that that's fascinating to me like that's absolutely fascinating Mm -hmm. and The fact that it is possible is even more fascinating to me. It's like, wow, how do we do that? You know, like, I don't, I still don't get it. I still don't understand it, you know, and we may not be able to do it until we find out what dark matter is, um, which is part of the reason why we're trying to figure out what dark matter is, by the way. Like, that's, you know, that's (laughs) a big part of this equation of uh, something that we know exists. We just don't know what it is.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and it's like the majority of the universe it's literally the pretty much like salt water to the ocean but we can't see it and that makes no sense because <laughs> you look out of space you're like you could see all of space and there's something in it that is more pervasive than everything else but we can't find it <laughs> this is, that's insane
0: it's the weirdest thing right like it's yeah. like and and waves what, what, themselves you know the that, travel across the universe which this actually is is really um and we'll only out on this for a second because i don't want to like lose my listeners here but you know thinking about quantum physics and you know what quantum really is like if if we know what the double slit experiment is you know, which is the, the waves compared to matter, you know, the difference between a wave and matter. And we understand what the observer effect is like, this is the wave of how reality works. It mm-hmm. collapses into matter. As soon as we observe what we observe the rest of the time, it's an infinite potential. It's in wave form. So essentially
1: it's uh, the space plank.
0: itself. The the fabric of space itself isn't a constant wave, so yeah. it's moving faster than light. But it's also it doesn't obey any of the laws of physics because it's like there's doesn't need to you know the quantum does not obey the laws of physics, and so really what my theory is on all of this to kind of bring this all together is that space itself or maybe even dark matter is the fabric of the quantum.
1: Yeah, I, I could agree with that. I was going to say being open-minded to and bringing back more as law. I think right now with the current projections with Elon Musk and NASA and all of them wanting to go to Mars, Mars is like a 18-month trip. But we already have engines and tech that's not going to be implemented in the first ones that can shorten it to a six-month trip. But the fact that we already have a six-month trip and the way technology and the way we advance – there's nothing stopping us from getting to Mars within a week, a day, but it's going to be a trudge in the sense of we're going to have to build the first ones, see right. what we and, do wrong, and right now, I and don't then keep going.
0: It's uh, 18 months. I think right now the lowest we're down to with our current technology is three years. Like, I, I think is what I read.
1: Oh, it's it's three years. Okay.
0: So I, I thought
1: by like the time technology. they got it going, they were thinking 18 months with the f- closest Mars gets or something. I don't remember, but maybe you're right. Maybe it was just three years. I can't remember. They're saying like, like right now it's three years, but they, they, they already have the
0: technology, already have the engine, they're already doing the testing. By the time, essentially, we have the, the Starship, which, uh, which is absolutely an incredible ship that's being built right now. Um, and we have the new engines and we have all of the testing done. <laughs> absolutely. Going to, to Mars in six months or less is absolutely inevitable like it is and it's not because we know it's possible i mean that's that is it is because we know it's possible but that's not the only reason why it's because we have literally companies all across the world competing to do it it's because we have all the energy around it and so like it's inevitable that we're going to be able to um travel to mars and guys being radically open-minded now i'm not saying you should travel to mars but what i am saying is maybe consider it you yeah. know like consider that like, that may be a possibility and
1: why not take a trip on your honeymoon to mars just saying yeah you know they, they're making they're they're growing plants out of the soil on mars i think they even grew plants out of the soil on the moon like yep. like they, they absolutely we're, do. we're gonna be able in a hundred years or less we'll, we'll be starting to terraform mars and it's just fascinating it's fascinating and probably but even that... less honestly
0: because of <laughs> yeah. what's possible like you know i saw the simulation of them sending things up to uh, to mars and essentially it's these pods that like set up and actually start growing plants immediately and like literally sets up the basic infrastructure for human life without human life ever being there which i'm just yeah. like of course like that like guys the future is now and it's not just like oh, that could be kind of cool. I wonder if, like, no, they are doing it. Like, they are in the middle of doing it. We are in the middle of one of the most exciting times in the world. Like, the stuff that is happening right now, get excited about. Because, like, it's never, like, like, right now, you think that, like, the last 100 years was crazy? Thinking, like, the internet, where you're at, how you're able to travel, all of it just wait like just you wait from you know we may not even have cars we may not even have cars to get us from a to b they may be drones and that's happening right now we already have personal drones
1: they're making a hydrogen fuel cell airplanes commercial liners for passengers it'll and hydrogen so light but you get such a punch of energy you know filling up the plane wings with the hydrogen and then being able to fly around the globe but they're also talking about making jets that can go into the stratosphere and so it would literally be a straight up descent and then you just wait because the earth spins at what like 11 1200 1400 miles an hour well well, so like almost anywhere
0: exactly how it works it's actually um and and the testing is actually being done right now and uh by by 2025 will be actually the very first flights on it
1: but um but you're talking 10 years and there's never going to be a 16 hour flight again, or an eight hour flight.
0: (laughs) Well, And how it works is really cool because it it actually goes on the edge of the atmosphere and essentially kind of bounces on the top of our atmosphere across the world and then comes down and it can go anywhere around the planet in an hour or less. And and it's absolutely fascinating. Like, like this isn't just hypothetical. This isn't just a theory. This is being tested right now. Like Mm -hmm. we are in the middle of it. And so, yeah, like the fact that like, in in you know, I think you just said like 16 years and I'm going to say screw 16 years, literally in like five to eight years, we'll be able to do it in 10 years. We'll probably be able to like afford it for the regular price of a plane ticket. Like that's yeah. like, we're completely disrupting entire industries right now. And the industries that aren't catching on, and this is really, you know, it's going to happen from the top down, but the industries that aren't, Catching on, I believe Boeing is 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 really adopting AI, and I guarantee you, they're going to be one of the leaders that's emerging out of this because they're already like utilizing it. The ones mm-hmm. that don't, the ones that like, well, let's see, that like those are the industries that aren't going to be around anymore, or that there that won't be a part of the industry anymore. I mean, the the, the companies that won't be a part of the innovation, but. Um, Yeah, it's so exciting, man. It's so exciting, the future of everything we're living in, being radically open-minded to be able to completely change the way we think around everything and adopt it and accept it and just be like, how can I make this a part of my thriving future? Because it's really the best way. I'm not going to say it's the only way. I'm not going to say, you know, like... You should, you shouldn't, these are the pros, you know, nothing like that. It's just if you really want to thrive, if you really want to understand what's true and how to interact with reality on reality's terms, then start embracing, start getting radically open-minded, start surrounding yourself with people that have the knowledge that you don't of why this can be a very useful incredible tool i mean there are literally thousands of podcasts out there that are on these subjects so like whatever it is like start figuring out how to embrace it because it is the best way to interact with everything that's happening and once we do that yeah. once we do that you will thrive and be way ahead of the game as it unfolds
1: Oh, absolutely. I agree. And I think it's really important to have your mental and emotional um, status uh basically in line with that I think that's going to be a huge turning point I think AI and all these different things are going to take away because like one of the side effects is of our current society is that you have to own a car or you have to live in a city that has transportation and so you're living in a congested city like New York or something like that where you can get around without your own vehicle but even then like you go to LA and they have a pretty crazy public transit system but it's nowhere near as free as having your own car but cars can go anywhere so if we all have ride share programs with automated cars it totally changes the way we can get to and from work subscription services one of my favorite things about and why i'm we so open. yeah the drones they were talking about doing that quite a while ago uh, it still hasn't happened but i know it's still in production from what i think i remembered reading they haven't closed it down but no the the personal f- drone flights that's going to change everything. But um One of my favorite aspects of the future, especially with the green, there's a lot of like controversy with going green, being eco-friendly, but my open-mindedness to it, and I realized this as a kid, was going green. We only go green if it's profitable and nothing that was profitable was really going green. And when you come down to what going green and like the idea of taking resources out of the planet, that's not green. So making things that break Don't make sense. So you got Elon Musk trying to make a million-mile electric car, and the reason why is because he doesn't want to build cars. He wants to sell subscriptions. You buy a car, and that car is going to last you a million miles, because that that's where the money is. And everything's with AI and every all these technologies and 3D printing. Why waste resources when you can get a light bulb that never goes out? The only time you need a light bulb is if it gets broken (laughs) or something shorts. You know, like it, it actually shorts we have the tech to make light bulbs that go thousands. You can read it online. There was a whole entire yeah. compendium of light bulb companies because they were outdoing each other and they weren't selling. And so they made an agreement on how many hours they could last and they forced it. And it's called the uh, designed obsolescence or something or engineered obsolescence. And I think that's going to die. And that is one of my biggest like positives is I hate subscription platforms <laughs> on the sense of that. But if it goes into our, 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 everyday household items. I rather buy a Dyson and pay a uh, like vacuum and pay a subscription service and never have to buy a vacuum again, because I know that vacuum is built to actually last, like the stuff back in the mm-hmm. early thirties and twenties when they were built to last my dad still has kitchen appliances that are like 80 years old and they still run because they weren't designed to break <laughs> right well and it's democratizing
0: everything like that's what really we we need to understand with subscriptions is you know like spotify essentially took all of music and said here you can have it for you know when i very first got it ninety nine cents a month you know and now it's <laughs> 10 bucks a month but um when we understand that you know that's cheaper than you know two albums a month so, like yeah. for for cheaper than two yeah. albums a month, I can have unlimited music. Yeah, yeah. sign me up. You know, it completely democratize or de- yeah, de- not democratize, um,
1: demonetize,
0: demonetize. De- that's the word I'm looking for. I'm like I'm using the wrong word right now, Cody. Stop. That. <laughs> um, de- demonetized, demonetized wow. uh, You know, all of music, which is so incredibly cool. Um, and i and think i'm paying
1: you know, i I'm, i think i'm paying 12 or 13 bucks for the the couples plan or whatever and i got yeah. a friend on it and when i was a kid the last time i bought an album an album was almost like 18 bucks
0: yeah yeah i'm like <laughs> if you bought a cheap one it was maybe you know 12 13 bucks but you know in between like 13 to you know 20 bucks and it's just how it was but it's uh, it's just really really cool seeing seeing what's happening and going green. I just wanted to comment for a moment on that uh, because we're seeing the infrastructure. You know, like literally, this is what's happening with electric cars. I see you know all kinds of different perspectives on it, and I think they're interesting. But we're in the process of building the infrastructure. We have the technology to hold the power. We have unlimited power. Like literally, what like eighty percent of the the um, or more 90% of the the fuel from the sun is waste wasted every single day. Like literally yeah. we can absolutely store the power needed to power every single electric vehicle. We're figuring out the batteries, these giant in ground batteries that we can actually use sand and the earth itself to hold energy and, and all kinds of different things that are actually just really cool that are happening and that's the infrastructure needed for the electric vehicles. It's like saying, you know, oh, I would never trust a gas vehicle to go across the nation. We don't have any roads or gas stations. Well, yeah, it's because cars were just being invented. Like, literally, <laughs> you know, even like the first 10, 15, 20 years of cars being invented, you still couldn't go across the, you know, US. And it'd be crazy to even think that you could. Now, Last, what October? I drove across the US without even thinking mm-hmm. about it, you know, like no big deal. <laughs> now it's like <laughs> just the thing. And we're seeing the same thing with electric vehicles right now. We're seeing the infrastructure start to be, you know, come online, be put on the grid, even uh, stress the grid out a little bit. Some of the grid, depending on where we're at, or maybe even a lot of the grid, depending on where we're at, is based off of fossil fuels. So it's kind of this this system that's uh, not the greatest right now, that's the point. We need this. We need those stressors because we're gonna figure out how to do better and build the infrastructure better. That's what we're seeing. That's the growing pains and that's-
1: I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm really excited for the energy infrastructure that's being created Japan. And I think the US is kind of looking into it and starting to gear up. There's, there's a, There's a lot of controversy to it, but nuclear power. Like nuclear fusion is a, is a dream and we're getting closer to it, but we already have nuclear fission and the Japanese, because of their mistakes they made on the Island that overheated uh, uh, that I can't remember what it's called, (laughs) but um, their, their plant that went down, uh, they made a lot of mistakes and they've created an impervious structure and they're building it. But one of the things that they're doing is they're going to be using seawater to cool it down. And one of the things they've implemented in it is hydrogen production. So while this thing's creating electricity to power out homes, the residual energy that goes into cooling it is being created to suck out hydrogen so they can create a hydrogen infrastructure to move over to fuel cell vehicles in Japan. And the thing is, is that's just fascinating. You have one power plant that's making two sources of power. We've gotten to a point where it's almost safer than anything else. Like a lot of what we know about nuclear power is due to mistakes made. Obviously, Chernobyl, whatever it was called in Japan that happens. I feel stupid not remembering, but. um, Fukushima. Fukushima, thank you. Uh, so Fukushima, like, yeah, we made mistakes, but we've never had anything like that happen in the US. We we have a lot of, you know, oversight, but and Japan only made a mistake, it, it was a kind of a messed up thing. But being able to welcome the hydrogen economy, there's aspects of that that's going to change everything. And I've, I've said it before, I think on this podcast, when it comes to being open minded, a lot of people think hydrogen will never take over battery power is so much better, but the thing is is hydrogen can be used for so many more things and you can't really use battery power in construction vehicles semis i know tesla's trying with their semi but that's not something that can go across country eventually maybe they'll have the infrastructure well, to charge I don't, it I enough, don't think but... it's
0: either or i think it's going to be a combination and i think that even battery powers and and the battery with uh big vehicles it's, it's it is happening and i believe the the greatest companies in the world are actually already doing it and now they're just getting it more efficient so it can be released to the public and again you know the infrastructure needed that's going to be able to, to power it all but with hydrogen you know i don't believe it's an either or type of thing i think it's going to be a combination of of all of it and, uh, and the hybrid part you know it's going to be really really cool to see the new technologies and, uh, and the better stuff coming online as a result of it in, in the different innovations so but but being rat- radically open minded with all of it like embracing what's around you embracing what's coming out getting on chat gpt and and asking some fun questions figuring out how to be more efficient with uh, your business if you have a business you know getting input from the leaders in your business uh, being able to surround yourself with different perspectives and uh, and even weigh strategies against AI and and figure out a best way going forward. There's so many different ways to embrace the technology happening right now. But just be radically open-minded enough to have the humility to know that you don't know everything. And when we do that, then we can start embracing and being radically open-minded about the future that is coming. And seeing how it can actually enrich in our lives, how it can actually better our lives as a result of everything coming online. And it's not nearly as scary, I think, as some of us
1: want to make it. But fighting the cognitive dissonance we all have.
0: <laughs> I think that's, so.
1: uh, <laughs> that's it. <But. laughs> so...
0: Anybody that's uh, that's listening, I just want to thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, please reach out, uh, comment, send us a message. It's uh, mindshift212 at gmail.com. Um, comment here on Facebook or wherever you're listening to us. Um, really, really appreciate you guys. So thanks for tuning in. And uh, I'm excited to, uh, to have some more fun upcoming conversations here.
1: Okay, Thanks so much, Cody. Thank you to all the listeners. Appreciate you. I hope to keep doing this and keep bringing new and exciting things to the podcast.
0: Mm -hmm. Have a good evening, man.